0: Truth. How do we discover it? How do we understand it? And how do we apply it? These foundational questions of life can be answered in the pages of God's Word, the Bible. Through the systematic study of Scripture, we seek to equip women with a growing understanding of truth, which only comes by knowing the God of all truth. This is the Theology Matters podcast. Welcome to the Theology Matters Podcast. I'm Laura Corumbus and I'm here again with Bethany Drum. Hi. And Marty Crabtree. And we have, I want to do a drum roll, but Caleb will kill me if I do it, but we have a special guest. Da, 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 da. There we go. <laughs> Steve Holly Hello. is with us today. Good we are- Steve Hawley. Pastor Steve Holly, oh, you goodness. are correct. So, we're excited, we're going to be talking about eschatology today, the end time. So, we had to pull in the expert. So, Steve,
1: <laughs> yes, that's
0: you, that gets to be you today. So, can you tell us a little bit about yourself in case ladies don't know you? Or sure, need sure, to know more?
1: and it's a joy for me to uh, to be with you today. Um, I have been on staff at Emmanuel, uh, it'll be 41 years in July. Um, I Uh, began attending the church in 1975 with my family just out of I was just out of college and uh got involved in uh, helping in the student ministry and when there was a vacancy uh for with the uh student pastor at the time um my wife and I were kind of holding things together my wife Kathy and I and uh, uh kind of being involved in youth ministry and uh we were wondering if God was moving us in that direction to, to serve there, and uh, he uh, he did it in a powerful way. And so we uh, served as uh, I served as a youth pastor there for uh, uh, for thirteen years, and then as family pastor for seven. And the last twenty one years have been involved with the. Uh, Uh, kind of an executive pastor position. It's called pastor of ministries, watching out for all the pastors and making sure ministries are not uh, running into each other and doing uh, their best uh, in their effort to, to serve Christ and represent the church. So that's what I do.
0: Well, we're we're so glad you're here, and we love Kathy as well. I do too. So. It's something we all
1: have in common <laughs> that, is it. Yeah, not? Yes, it. great.
0: Yes, and Steve, <laughs> we specifically asked you to come because you taught some eschatology last summer, right? Yeah,
1: mm-hmm, yeah. I think your dad and mom were in that class, or at least oh. I, I think your dad was. He so, might. Ha- yeah. He may
0: have been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we we just thought this is such a big topic, and Marty taught it very well in our class, but we. We wanted to have you come in and talk about it with us as sure, well. So sure. we will jump on in. We have we have a lot to discuss, and of course, as we know, this will be a big a big overview. So if anyone's listening, thinking they're going to get all the answers about eschatology today, no, we can't. We can't do that. But we're going to give will you an overview. Ever, kid, all? Will we ever? Will we ever? That's all. Question. Question. I don't, I don't think question.
1: we do until it happens. <laughs> yes. And when yes. it happens, then you'll know. Then you'll know. That's <laughs> yeah. a good yeah. point.
0: Well. As we're talking about the big picture overview, Steve, can you just kind of uh, give us the overview of what our church believes? We know that there are different beliefs, um, and we'll—if you use any big words—we'll we'll circle back and yeah. define them.
1: Yeah. The the probably the biggest word that comes out of what Emmanuel believes is dispensationalism. Uh, we are a dispensationalist church in that uh, we see God working uh, with uh, with mankind. Uh, in 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 a different way, sometimes his it's still the same uh, as far as our, our uh, soteriology is concerned, our salvation is concerned. But uh, you know, over the course of time, there have been uh, various dispensations, that God uh, has uh, has demonstrated. Uh, there's the dispensation of innocence uh, in the beginning with uh, with Adam, and and then when the fall took place. Uh, that gave way to uh, to conscience, um, and then after the flood, it was uh, human government, and then after that, there was this promise that he made uh, to Abraham and to to his offspring, and then there was the dispensation of the law that he gave to, to Moses, and then uh, the, the period uh, that led all the way up until uh, the second chapter of Acts, when... Uh, the Pentecost took place and then became the uh, age of grace or what we would call the age of the church. And then uh, the next age to come is going to be the millennial kingdom of Christ. And so these dispensations uh, are taking place and we see how God operates within them uh, in a great way. There's usually a, uh, some sort of a responsibility that he gives to man. Then there is some failure by man. To, to fulfill that responsibility. Then there's a judgment brought about by God uh, upon, upon man. And then there's this divine grace that, uh, uh, it, that's evidenced by God. And so that's kind of how we see God working uh, historically and moving into the future as well. Um, because of that, we have a literal interpretation of the scriptures. Um, we don't look at the scriptures. Uh, certainly there's symbolic language in, in the Bible, but where it's clearly uh, symbolic, we understand it as such, but where it's, we look at it literally, that uh, what is prophesied in the scriptures will take place, will be fulfilled. And, uh, and if all you have to do is look at the prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament that were made and how he fulfilled them, you could even look at the prophecies that he made and how they were fulfilled uh, at, at his crucifixion and his resurrection, and so there's there there there's that kind of thing. So we look at the scriptures literally, and we see what is what is promised, what is said will be fulfilled. Does that help? Yeah, that's a that's okay. That's the kickoff. That's so here the we kickoff. go. Yes, oh, yeah. that is the and, kickoff. You know, and that speaks to the clarity of scripture, which
2: is something that's reflected in our in our um, in our churches. Uh, Documents that if we use a normal, literal,
1: grammatical, and historical um, right. It's way take, of, the look, way the words at scripture, the way the words have operated in the past, because words mean a lot. That they're they're the the um, the means by which we communicate with each other. Uh, if and if we change the meaning of it or make it different from what it's intended uh, it can cause all kinds of difficulty and so i think it's important uh, that that we describe how we look at the bible and why it's why it's uh, why it's so important to to interpret it correctly and even to look at the scripture as it pertains to other aspects of scripture that talk about the same subject so it's all very important i think
0: Yeah. And, you know, we're going to get into kind of the timeline and a little bit more of the detail of of our literal interpretation, but can you just briefly, you know, how do we interact with people who hold a different view of this doctrine of eschatology?
1: Good question. Um, I think uh, we're called by Christ to love one another. That doesn't mean we have to we dig trenches. We put on helmets, and we go to war over it. Uh, it. It's okay to to have a differing opinion as long as that opinion isn't heretical. Uh, I think yeah, it's okay. I, I,
3: we burn at the stake for salvific issues, mm-hmm. and eschatology doesn't really f- fall in that camp. Yeah, it's a second right? or third tier issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important,
1: so. but it's not. Uh, it's not a something that. People divide over, although they have. I mean, it, it's, it's it's a sad thing, but I think we we need to to love one another through this. Um, there are a lot of opinions. Uh, if you if you when you get into looking at what the future has for us, you'll always see somebody with a chart, and somebody else has a different chart as to how uh, as the timeline of events take place. But that's that's okay. We will find out in the end, and it will be wonderful and glorious. And some people were probably going to be more surprised than others and then there are going to be a whole bunch of them a bunch of people in heaven going i told you so i told you, so. you know, so, so but
0: hopefully not because there's no not sin, yeah, maybe right? the, maybe
1: pride will uh, <laughs> uh, they'll, they'll they'll pull back and say you know i should just keep my mouth shut and worship god that's yeah. why i'm here yeah so.
0: so what we're saying is you know we don't treat eschatology the same way as we would treat like soteriology yeah, right. that we just talked about yeah so right. okay great i just wanted to Say that from the get go. So now, this is the big question. Sure. I'm, I'm excited. Is um, can you just talk us kind of through the timeline of those last day events as we see them laid out in the scripture? Right. Um,
1: uh, sure. Um, well, what I can tell you right now is pretty much everything that has that is prophesied regarding the coming of Christ or the or the rapture of the church, which is the next event. Uh, I don't think there's anything else that needs to be fulfilled but that. I think there's been some neat things that have uh, transpired uh, in the last uh, 75 years. In fact, just a few days ago, Israel celebrated its 75th anniversary as a, as a nation. Uh, that is a complete and absolute miracle. That uh, First off, that, uh, that God would uh, regather his people— which was prophesied but if when you think about what israel uh, what the jews went through since the fall of the temple in 70 a.d now let's take it forward they are all over so uh, the world,
3: so scattered
1: so mm-hmm. sc- every yeah everywhere from all, all kinds of nations mm-hmm. and then uh, world war Two is so horrific and so awful and six million jews die but out of that a nation is born and, and then the, the Jews from all over the world regathering and, and coming to that nation. And uh, uh, it, it's been amazing to see how that's transpired. So that has, been t- that has taken place. The next event uh, on, the, on the timeline, it's, it would appear would be the rapture of the church where uh, uh, Christ will uh, descend and he will. Uh, we we're promised uh, it's going to be noisy, it's going to be a shout, a voice of the archangel, trump of God, then the dead in Christ rise first, and then those who are alive are caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. You know, he made a statement in, uh, in John 14. Uh, he had told them in John 13 that he was leaving them, that uh, someone was going to betray uh, him, uh, that um, that he Peter would deny him three times, and so that in John chapter 13 the disciples are unsettled, and they're uh, you know they're just uh, anxious about what he's told them. But then he says in John 14, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms or mansions, as uh, my grandmother used to say. If it weren't so, I would have. Would I've told you that I go prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. So he's told them, basically, some of the things that are going to be uh, that they're going to that's going to transpire at that event. And so uh, and so we look forward to that uh, with uh, with great anticipation, with great excitement. Um, uh, I know that there have been enough books written about it. There have been movies, television shows. I mean, it's been referred to uh, a lot. And people, it's interesting that when people see the headlines of the day that are transpiring in our culture, uh, they see the, uh, the lawlessness, uh, they see uh, the, the falling away of people from the church, uh, I guess an apostasy, so to speak, uh, that uh, they long for this moment to to occur. They long for for that moment when the, the loud noise takes place. And I don't know, maybe Jesus says, come up here. That's what is said in Revelation many times, come up here. And when we hear that, I mean, it's going to be phenomenal. Uh, at the same time, right after that begins a seven-year uh, judgment of the earth called the tribulation period. And that is... Uh, I mean when you look at uh, look at Revelation we just finished a, a men's group going through uh, the book of uh, Revelation and when you see the uh, just the horrific judgment that is uh, hurled at the earth because of uh, of the rejection of Christ because of uh, just the the willfulness and sinfulness of man uh, it it that is horrific and so that's why uh, Biblical prophecy should be leading us to uh, constant evangelism, proclaiming Christ to family, friends, loved ones, neighbors, Um, you know, just being able to to open our hearts to them and begging them to come to faith in Jesus because it means so much.
2: Yes, and... I think that when we're thinking of timeline, are we referring to Daniel chapter nine and the timeline that that is is there? Which I know. Yeah, you're taught yeah.
1: Off. He he. Uh, you know, in, in the book of Daniel, he is uh, in that chapter, first part of that chapter. He's confessing the sins of his of of Israel. First off, he's taking a look to see when the uh, Israel would be uh, allow uh, return from their captivity. And so so he looks at the prophet Jeremiah and sees it, it was 70 years. And so Daniel's done the math, and, and he's uh, figured it out and said, okay, then if, if we're headed back, there needs to be some confession of what we've done that got us here in the first place. And so Daniel chapter nine, he pours his heart out uh, to, to God, uh, confessing the sins of the nation Seeking forgiveness, uh, just and and it's kind of interesting because he is he's probably the highest official representative of Israel, even though they're in captivity and they're not they're not a government. He is in a position of authority. He's a prime minister of in Babylon, and he is uh, confessing these this uh, before before God and. Gabriel comes to him and lays out the entire the entire plan of what it looks like. It doesn't. It's not only uh, the end of sin and what happens with that. It's it's the uh, the the end of the age and uh, what will transpire. And he talks about the the uh, coming of a of a prince uh, who will uh, who will uh, be rejected by Israel. He'll have nothing. He'll be cut off, meaning he'll be killed. Which is exactly what happened to Christ, and uh, and so he he kind of lays this framework out, um, and it, it's it's it's, uh, it's both fascinating and uh, uh, what I appreciate so much is that the 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 scriptures are, are have come to pass. Uh, there was uh, Babylon t- uh, took Israel off into captivity. Uh, also, the Assyrians did it previous to that, and then. Uh, after Babylon comes the Medes and the Persians, uh, and they, they, they're, they're a part of this. And then also the Greeks are a part of this. And then the Romans come in, and they're the, they're the lethal army that uh, oppresses Israel. And then later on, uh, they're revived. Uh, and, and Daniel talks about an abomination of desolation, the Antichrist who is worshiped in the temple. And when you see that, Jesus says, head for the hills, you know, run for it. Uh, don't don't stop to go into the city and get your things. Don't get your, uh, you know your whatever you call it the, the uh, rationed food preparation stuff. You know the <laughs> stuff that you buried in the ground. Don't worry about that. Get out of there uh, because uh, bad times are going to be coming.
2: That's right. Uh,
1: so That's there's right. A, there's this whole uh, tribulation period uh, that that takes place for for seven years. Uh, it's it's going to be horrific, and then after that is the second coming of Christ. He comes, uh, we believe, uh, we, we call ourselves um, uh, premillennial in that Christ comes before he reigns on on the earth, that there will be an actual uh, kingdom that he establishes, that the kingdom will last for a thousand years. Um, and, and we take that literally. We don't uh, look at it as symbolically or as some people believe that he's reigning now and... Uh, and, and so he's reigning in heaven, so not really on earth. But this is what I think the scriptures teach is it's a literal reign on the earth. Yeah,
2: that's my understanding and that Satan is bound. And so he has no power. Right. And what a time that is going to be because people will not be influenced by anything satanic or demonic and it, it, and. Jesus will be physically present right. on the earth That's right. my right. understanding. Right. Of, now of toward the Holy end Kingdom. of that
1: there is uh, toward the end of that period Satan is released and there's this uh, rebellion but Christ uh, takes care of that and takes care of Satan and uh, I guess the, the big uh, event of that at the end is he's thrown into the lake of fire along with Hades and death which I'm all for. And, <laughs> and so that would uh, that's the uh that's how that that works, uh, but that's what we see taking place, transpiring in Scripture. Yeah. You and know. then
2: I think that's followed by the new heavens and the new earth, mm-hmm. uh, because the earth was cursed by sin, and so in order for for Christ to, you know, and for us to be in in holiness forever, then we read about this great fire that purges the earth, and then there's a new heavens and the new earth where um it's perfection right. for eternity.
1: Right. Right. And you know, it this is what is amazing. It's hard for us to get our heads around uh you know, something that is so wonderful. You know, how do you how do you even comprehend that? Because of just think of all of the things that we have to to deal with uh in this day and age, whether it's your health that's you know, you worry about or your um, you know how, how safety is a is a huge issue. You know people uh, want to stay safe and and be left alone and be able to enjoy life. Uh, all of that's going to happen in in the new heaven and new earth. That's going to happen in the millennial kingdom. I and mean, we're going to see. Uh, 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 there's going to be a sense of, of great joy and uh, and wonder and and and. We can't get uh, that—I can't get my mind around that right now because of all of the stuff that you see going on in the world. Yeah.
2: yeah. We often talk about um, when we go to heaven that we will no longer sin. And I think so many people long for the day when we are glorified and we're with the Savior and that there's no more sin. right. what a day that will be.
1: Yeah, you know, and I was wondering about, uh, think of all the people that'll be unemployed. You know, like <laughs> doctors are out of business. That's right. Uh, I wonder if pastors are out of business. You know, we're not, I don't think we're going to be actively shepherding. I think we have the shepherd of the sheep before us. Uh, I wonder what it's like uh, to be in a, 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 maybe it's a huge area and it's a, I don't know if it's a stadium or what, but all eyes are fixed on Jesus you know uh, all of the the praise and worship when that you see in uh, Revelation four and five uh, those kind of things uh, uh, we it, it talks about in Revelation we hear have a new song we're all learning it mm-hmm. uh, you know and it, it, I think the think about the magnificence of all of that yeah. uh, and uh, you know we, we we're we're just uh Enjoying His presence, yeah. and uh, and how wonderful that'll be.
2: There's a, I was thinking about this the other day, and remembered going to an art museum in Paris years ago, and looking at this self portrait of a famous artist. And wherever I moved in the room, it looked like he, the way that the artist had painted these eyes. That he was looking at me wherever I was, it was meeting, meeting my eyes, and I thought about that in terms of when we're with Christ, because there are going to be millions of creatures, um, Christians there, believers, and yet it'll be like that. His eyes will be on us wherever we are. Mm-hmm.
0: There's Marty, the master of illustrations, <laughs> over there, but yeah, that's yeah, I can see exactly what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. One of the things that I think is is interesting, um, I, my mom, uh, who, who passed away, uh, last October, uh, she was 97 years old, but we had a lot of conversations about, uh, end times. And, you know, it was interesting. I said, mom, during World War II, what, what were people talking about in churches? And, and she came to faith in Christ when she was about 14. And, uh, and so uh, we we had a I had a discussion with her, and she said, "Well, you know, we thought that Hitler was the Antichrist, and that Mussolini was the false prophet, mm-hmm. and so you know, we 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 kind of thought that was what was going on. And of course, we also believed that all of the promises that were given to Israel were actually now going to be for the Church. And and then she said, but." all of those things weren't, weren't true, weren't right, because the promises for Israel are still for Israel, because Israel now exists, and the promises that are made to the church are, are, are for the church. And, uh, obviously, uh, Hitler was not the Antichrist, neither was Mussolini. Uh, they're both dead. But it did give us an understanding that this could happen that uh, if yes. if a nation can bring uh, a person to power and be totally uh, allegiant to that leader, and,
3: and not an impoverished, mm. uneducated right country with no system of government, no, you know, not all the things that you would think would set people up to no, no, th- this was
1: it was real. educated, yeah.
3: wealthy. People yeah. that elected him essentially yeah, to true. power.
1: Yeah, and so you know when when you look at that, um, I mentioned earlier that uh, uh, you know Israel's presence in the land. Uh, the Jews now have uh, have pretty much a strong control of Jerusalem, and uh, I know that the the American government recognizes uh, Jerusalem as its uh, as the capital. Uh, in the end, it'll be surrounded by its enemies, and and to this day, uh, there are very tenuous peace treaties that exist that could, you know, be broken uh, at the drop of a hat. Um, we've seen how uh, uh, there's been discussion of a global government. We hear this word globalism, and and some of that has has risen. Um, uh, there is a. a an, one of the prophecies in Daniel talks about people going back and forth. Uh, I don't know if that's in opinions or is that in travel, because we can travel all over the world now. Um, there's a you think about information technology and what they can recognize you, by facially, uh, they can once they hit you know all they do a couple of keystrokes and they know what's in your bank account. They know how you spend your money. Uh, you know they know what you s- search. Uh, on google for uh, for things i mean my wife was doing a search for uh, kitchen sinks and the next thing i know on my computer not hers <laughs> but mine i've got kitchen sinks everywhere and they're saying well you know steve and kathy they're looking for kitchen sinks maybe we can help them with this but that's the kind of information that we has that is now available that that uh, where you people can know where you travel uh you know who you make contact with um uh, one of the uh, other uh, interesting things is this whole uh, conflict in the Ukraine. Uh, you know, Russia plays a huge role uh, in the in the end times prophecy, especially in Ezekiel 38 and 39. And we've seen uh, just last year when when I taught this uh, course uh, for Emmanuel's uh, summer series, uh, they had uh, Putin had actually signed a treaty with Turkey which is also part of that, uh, some of that, the end times prophecy, uh, that's in Ezekiel. And, and I hold it up to the class and I said, look, folks, this happened this week, mm-hmm. you know, things, you know, so we do see headlines and, and things transpiring and taking place that make it appear that it's not long. Mm-hmm. It's not long. And one of the, one of the cool things I think out of all of this, uh, Jesus talked about the gospel being preached in, in all the world. Um, and I think that we, we see that even during the tribulation, the gospel is, is put forth. Uh, you know, we have 144,000 uh, raging Jewish evangelists that are out there proclaiming Christ, and people will come to faith. They'll suffer and, and be martyred, but that, those are some of the things that are transpiring. We're going to see... Uh, even prior to that, people come into faith in Christ in a great way. We're seeing it even in in some of the things that are happening in the United States. A a movie comes out uh, called The Jesus Revolution, and and people have gone to see it, and and they've uh, they've they placed their faith and trust in Christ. So you know, there are things like this that are that are transpiring, and it's just interesting to watch and to see what God is doing with it.
2: I agree, and I, I think that there. There are the things that you mentioned, and I've heard several people say that everything that happened with Covid that happened so quickly, that just really within the space of a month or two, the whole world was changed. Yep. And I see that as the mercy of God telling people and and warning Christians, you know, the time is probably short, yeah. and that and Jesus tells us to be ready. That there will be two women, and one will be taken and not the other, and that we, that we should all be ready uh, for for his coming. Yeah, um, I had this quote from C.S. Lewis that I used when I um, taught taught this uh, to the women uh, eschatology, and uh, C.S. Lewis says the doctrine of the second coming has failed, so far as we're concerned, if. It does not make us realize that at every moment of every year in our lives, Don's question, meaning he's talking about an English poet, his question is equally relevant, and this was the question. What if this present were the world's last night? What if this were the last night? And I think that that's important for us as as believers to ask ourselves if if we really believe that the time is short, short might mean tonight. It might mean 10 years from now. But, you know, how how will we behave? What would our response be if we knew for a fact, which we won't, but if we knew for a fact that we are going to hear this loud noise and this shout, and then the Lord is going to return for his own.
1: hmm well, I, I think one of the things we should do is live expecting it, you know, and not, uh, not fear it, not be anxious about it, that it is the uh, – it is an event we have longed for, um, you know. And, and when you think about uh, loved ones who've passed away and the re- great reunion that you have with them, um, I imagine uh, – you know, I, I've often – you watch sports teams celebrate after a, you know, a, a championship and, the, you know, they're squirting each other with champagne and they're jumping <laughs> up and down and they're just, you know, hugging each other and all of that. Well, picture that magnified uh, in heaven. Uh, you know, I, I think about uh, uh, my mom and dad and, and how much fun that's going to be. And, and just uh, uh, all of the other folks that I've known, have known all my life who loved Jesus, so, you know, who've gone on. Uh, we'll all be together, and it'll be great and and wonderful. So I think live expecting it to take place, and and and, and long for it, uh, and, uh, and make plans for it. You That's know, right. uh, I think it 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 also helps us to uh, live in God's word. Uh, um, I think the things you guys are doing in teaching, uh, teaching women to to love the word of God and to uh, to read it immerse ourselves in it, uh, understand it better, and communicate it because uh, that's, that's one of the things that I think is important for anybody who's in a Bible study. Uh, you're not just uh, using this as an opportunity to gain knowledge and to feel yourself spiritually smart. You are in need of taking that information and sharing it uh, and opening the eyes of, of people who need to understand uh, what what his word says, you know. I, I hope that's I hope that's that's part of the goal. Uh, another thing that it can help us to do is to live righteously, you know, to guard ourselves from sin, and not to, uh, you know, not to be uh, taken captive or, or uh, drawn off into temptation, uh, but to to live righteously and honorably as we wait for, for Christ to come for us. And, uh, and just to, to live with in the hope of heaven that we're, you know, we're we're gonna be okay. We're okay all right right now, just mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, whether I live or I die, you know, I'm his and and he is mine. And then I think the last thing is sharing the joy of that, sharing it with others. Yes, you know, because we can get uh, complacent. and sometimes we can get, uh, you know, where we where we feel like, oh, it doesn't matter because, you know god knows who's going to be saved and who isn't but he's asked us to be the mouthpieces
3: that's right we talked about that in our what soteriology, soteriology yeah yeah mm-hmm.
2: we did indeed yeah. yeah
0: i i just really appreciate how you framed it in such a hopeful and joyful way because i know you know, I kind of grew up in that like left behind yeah. <laughs> generation and it scared me as a kid, you know? Right. Um, and I think now when I read, you know, if I do a, a reading plan where I read through the Bible and then it gets to Revelation and that used to, scare me a little, but now I get to the end and think, This is amazing. You know, this is what we have to look forward to. And it's been unfolding all through scripture. Um, so I appreciate it that you framed it that way. And I think just as we kind of land the plane, you know, you, you actually answered my last question, just how do we live in light of this doctrine? And I think you gave a great answer. And I know Marty had mentioned that you have you have something to add to that. Well,
2: I, I I had read, I haven't read, uh, finished the book, but there's a fairly new book by uh, John Piper called Come Lord Jesus. And he uh, quotes Paul in Second Timothy uh, saying um, that we should long for Christ's appearing, long for his appearing. And that just suggests to me that you know, our love for the Lord should just be growing continually. For us as believers, you know, we just want to love Jesus and, and not just be loved by him, but to love him in return. And and J.C. Ryle has written uh, about the the day of the Lord's return. He says, For that day let us wait and watch and pray. It cannot be far off. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Surely if our hearts are right, we ought often to cry, come quickly. Lord Jesus and you know I long for the day of seeing him face to face as I know we all do.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, Steve, would you mind just closing us in prayer as we've talked about these things maybe um just especially for the women who might be listening to the podcast or were in our class or might be joining us for the next one. Um we would just love to have you pray over sure, us. Sure,
1: sure, let me do that. Let's pray. Well, Father, we uh, thank you for our time this afternoon. Um, and uh, I know, Lord, that the things that we've talked about, uh, they, can, uh, they, they, they seem amazing. Uh, they can also make us be fearful and be anxious. And, uh, and Lord, you, put, you allowed for these, these prophecies to be communicated to us so that we could see the signs of the times, we could see what is transpiring before us, and that we can, uh, we can watch and wait with great anticipation and great hope. Uh, those uh, prophecies weren't placed in, the wor- in your word uh, to cause us to fear or to be, uh, be wary or uh, uncertain, but uh, it, to give us confidence You have purposes and plans, and you're allowing those purposes and plans to come to fruition. And uh, we're a part of it. We're your church. And so, Lord, uh, we ask that you would help us to be confident, uh, to be encouraged, uh, to be vocal in our uh, efforts of evangelism, uh, to care about uh, the people that are in our sphere of influence, our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers. Those that are on other moms on the soccer team or or dads who are coaching or anyone, Lord, just give us opportunity. Give us words. Open our mouths and open their hearts. And may people come to faith in Christ. And may your kingdom grow. And as you taught us to pray, may your kingdom come. And this we pray in the powerful name of Christ. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, thank you, Steve, for joining us. And ladies, this was another great conversation, I think. As we said, we only scratched the surface. So if you um, want more information, more resources, I will put those in the show notes so you can check them out. Um, But we thank you for listening. This is our final episode in our third season. So thanks for hanging
3: with us and listening to the Theology Matters podcast. The Theology Matters course and podcast are projects of the women's ministry at Emmanuel Bible Church in Springfield, Virginia. Please subscribe to Theology Matters wherever you get your podcasts. For more information, please visit ibc.church and find the women's ministry page. We pray you will continue to study and understand the truth of God's Word every day and see just how much theology matters in every aspect of our lives.